You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today, we are coming at your earbuds with a little Q&A episode, a little game of Ask Evie and Lindsay Anything, if you will. And today, we have something for a little bit of everyone. No, a little bit of something for everyone. There we go. <laughs> today, Evie and I sat down and answered some of the biggest questions that you sent in, like, what's your flow for how you record the show? Well, that rhymed. Didn't even realize that. Uh, is it 100% scripted or is it riffed? Where do I start with outsourcing and what should I look for when outsourcing things like bookkeeping or social media management? How many times should I follow up with a potential client after sending my pricing guide? What's the biggest thing you both have learned from each other? Aw, moment. That's cute. And do we think the long-form blog-style captions of Instagram are out? Ooh, we have thoughts. We have so many thoughts on all of this and we are getting to them now in 3, 2, 1. As a wedding photographer, your workflow can absolutely make or break your business. And let's be honest, sometimes it feels like there are just not enough hours in the day to get everything done. And that's why we are excited to introduce Batch AI, the photo editing assistant that keeps you in creative control of your photos while providing an affordable, flexible, and fast alternative regardless of where you're at in your photography business. With the perfect balance between AI and human creativity, say goodbye to the cookie cutter presets that don't reflect your style. Edit up to a thousand photos in just one minute with image to image fine-tuned adjustments in their Lightroom Classic plugin, or get an incredible 72-hour turnaround on calling, editing, retouching, and tool work across your wedding galleries from their human-based editing platform, The Editors. Personal edits based on your style every time. Visit batch.ai today and create your free account and use the code HEARTANDHUSTLE for 20 percent off your first month. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, we are diving right on in. Let's go to question number one, which is from Lizzie. She asks, how do you write a script outline for a podcast episode? Do you follow it completely or just hit the main points? This is a good question, Lizzie. Uh, so, okay. We, we script our intros. Yes. That's like the only thing that is like fully scripted. I'm reading it. Yes. I mean, we obviously try to make it conversational, but it's written. Yes. <laughs> we try to make it sound like it's not, but it is scripted. It is scripted. I will say, I think we do a dang good job. And we improv stuff in those sometimes. Like we'll, we'll throw stuff in there. That's true. That's true. But there's a script for it. But then the outline for our actual episodes we kind of, so when we're like sitting down to outline an episode topic, we'll just start by kind of brain dumping. Uh, like I'm trying to think of, of a topic that we just, what was the, what was the episode that we literally just recorded? The organizational systems for photographers. Yes. Okay. So we started brain, brain dumping that episode. I think it was probably the episode like two weeks ago. Cause this is, if it's in order, yeah. 
or is it? I don't know. We might have, whatever. Who knows? Who knows? A recent episode we recorded. Yes. <laughs> we basically open up a Google Doc and we start brain dumping like thoughts mm-hmm. and ideas. Just again, getting the creative ideas out on paper for a topic. So we don't really think too much about structure in that moment. We're just brain dumping. And then from that, again, we don't like script it. It's not like the entire episode. Like right now I am speaking from my brain. I'm not reading off of a script. Yeah. You could probably tell that, but... Um, <laughs> And we did that for a reason. Like we didn't want this episode or sorry, this podcast to be stiff. We didn't want it to sound like a robot. It was just reading off of a page. Yeah. Which, which to be fair, that might make it, I I know people that do that Mm -hmm. and it might make the information a little bit more succinct. Yeah. But I don't want to sacrifice fun for that. Or like the personal aspect of like, I think y'all enjoy us being basket cases. I could be wrong, (laughs) but I don't think I am. Um, so anyways, it's more just fun like, for us too. I would so much rather just be able to like riff and, and chat and talk about certain things than to be like yes. constantly staring well, at my screen reading word for word. It's like you're actually sitting down with a human being and just being real yeah. over coffee. Yeah. And it's like, if, if somebody asked me this question, like if Lizzie asked me this question in person, this is how I would be responding to it. Yeah. Over coffee. Yep. Anyways, I basket case like right, or we basket case right, right. Like just like our de- ideas and thoughts on the document. Yeah. I'm and then from there... We kind of like succinctly, like if we have a bullet point of like, oh, we want to talk about our external hard drives. Oh, we want to talk about Lightroom catalogs and and how we only do one per session or whatever. Oh, we need to explain how to create a new catalog. Like we'll put that in the notes. Yeah. So what our outlines often look like is once we've kind of like brain dumped ideas, we'll organize it. So it's like a little bit more structured as far as like the order that we want to say stuff. And then we'll just like, if we have a main point, we'll have like bullet points underneath that we kind of want to hit on. And I will say sometimes depending on the topic or what we're teaching, we might script out a little bit of it. Like we'll say like a full sentence or something like that. But yeah. Like type it out. But then Lindsay and I can also, we're, we've gotten very good over the years. And also I think her years in theater, like, like reading, yes. like, yeah. Um, we both can like sight read pretty well. So we'll glance at something. And like, while Lindsay's talking, I'm glancing at the outline and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I won't even look at the outline as I'm talking yeah. because it was enough to trigger my memory of what I wanted to say yeah. generally. Which I do like that we've got it into this flow of outlining and recording them on the same day. We used to yeah. not do that. Um, and then I would totally forget. Yeah. Well, we would totally forget. And I will say it, it does obviously add more work in a single day to outline and yeah record. But because we outline right before we record, it's fresh. Yeah. That's true. So that's all that's right. That. Yeah. That's, that's basically the whole answer, Lizzie. Hope that helped. <laughs> to be fair, we did put bullet points for this question. I looked at none of it. <laughs> <laughs> we put two bullet points. Oh no. Yeah. We put three and we didn't look at any of them. Okay. Emily, next question asked where to start outsourcing things to look for when outsourcing things like bookkeeping, social media management, events, et cetera. Ooh. Okay. So wait, do you want to start with like when? Yeah. Okay. Is that what the question was? What was the question? Oh, where? where to start with outsourcing. But I think to me, I'm like, I would assume part of that comes back to like where to, where to start means can include when. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I kind of want to know when, that. but yeah, you can touch for on anyone that. who maybe is like interested in the outsourcing topic, but doesn't know when, whether okay. that's Emily or other people, the biggest indicator is when your time becomes more limited than your financial resources. So in other words, you are absolutely maxed out in your available time and mental energy, but you still have some cash in your business to be able to hire someone else. So if you aren't currently sitting here being like, Oh my gosh, that's me 
I want to encourage you, if you're trying to figure out if it is time for you to outsource, start tracking your time and notice what is taking the most amount of your time or the things that you're avoiding most, because that is also a big indicator of not your strength, not your skill set, and or something that could take you a lot of time. And ask yourself, you know, can I hire someone else to help me manage this? And something I want to say with this is it can be really scary to outsource to your first person because so often as entrepreneurs, we start as solopreneurs and we stay that way for a good little bit in the startup phase, which means that we're very used to everything that comes into our business typically is able to stay in our business or be reinvested into something like a new piece of gear or, you know, something that we're like, we desperately need. And so it's very hard to kind of hand out our hard earned cash to pay somebody else and to be like, Oh my gosh, that money's just drifting away. It's like getting flushed down the toilet. I have to pay, you know, a a bookkeeper or a social media manager. I could do both of those things. Mm -hmm. Sure. You could possibly do both of those things, but the reality is your time very possibly could be better spent somewhere else, which means that either the employee that you're hiring, for example, let's say social media manager, is actually going to bring in more money directly from what they're doing. Or in the example of somebody like a bookkeeper, they are going to save you significant amounts of time or both um, so that you can then do something in your business that makes you even more money that allows you to actually increase the amount of money that you're bringing in. So I know it's very hard to be like, I'm willing to hand out this cash to hire somebody. I could do this all myself, but you are going to hit a limit where you can no longer build or grow your business even further because you are running a one-man show and one man can only do so much. So Mm. just an encouragement, you have to spend money sometimes to make more money. You have to. Um, so that's not to say that you always have to grow your business bigger or better, more money, more income, more revenue, blah, 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 eight figures, seven figures, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to, but if you are wanting to do something like that or free up more of your time so that you can spend more with your family or have more freedom or whatever that looks like, I know it's scary to let go of that money at the beginning. It is so worth it. It is so worth it. So yeah. That's all I want to say there. Amen. Um, well, so then if if you've identified what you need to outsource based on kind of doing what Evie just said of like figuring out where your time is and all of that, once you've identified, okay, and w- which I would argue that for most service-based, not even service-based, for most entrepreneurs that are feeling overwhelmed, a really good first hire is a VA. That's yeah. not always the case for every single person. Sometimes it might be, you know, unique, but... That's a good one. So stands for virtual assistant for anyone who doesn't know that. Yes. Apologies. Sometimes it's PA personal assistant, but usually for online businesses, it's VA. So again, it it might be that it might be a Pinterest expert because you find that like Pinterest is really popping for you or a social media manager or a bookkeeper or whatever. Uh, Bookkeeping honestly might be, I forget like that also is included, but like bookkeeping might be before virtual assistant. Again, depending on your time and capabilities and what your focus is. Once you've identified what you need to hire, then where obviously is the question. So there's a bunch of different places that you can find. Obviously, if it's like a bookkeeper, you could always, or or something that's a little bit more tangible, like that it could be in person, like ask around your town, ask around for your friends, ask around entrepreneurship friends. If you have them in your town, there's that. But oftentimes I find people that we outsource things to could be virtual. They don't always have to be in, in person. So places that I would go to are people per hour, uh, Upwork, Fiverr, Fiverr, are those LinkedIn. the main ones? LinkedIn. Um, those are really good places to start. And 
a, a secondary question that Emily didn't ask, but a lot of people have when they ask this question is how do I know how much to pay mm-hmm. like them? And what I would just do is start researching on those sites and looking at just kind of like the landscape of what people are charging and how much experience they have. Cause again, it might be different depending on the industry. Like a, a lawyer is going to be obviously way more expensive than like a VA. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can, you can kind of get a gauge for like what is pretty normal or average in this industry, but yeah. also look at your own finances and what your actual budget is to, you know, hire that person to see if you can, can find somebody in that, um, in that budget. Yeah. So that's, I would say where to start with outsourcing and then things to look out for when outsourcing, I would look out for like people's character and how they fit into your business ethic, not even ethically, like, like what is the word I'm trying to think of? Like, like character wise versus like their value. Yeah. Yeah. Value. Like, and that's not to say like hire someone who has no experience in doing what you're doing, but nine times out of of 10, every time I've hired somebody, I'm looking a little bit more for character in how they run themselves or their business and, and the value that they bring that way versus like technical skill. Yeah. A really good example of this is our podcast manager, Allie. When we hired her, she had never managed a podcast before, right. but she was a wedding planner beforehand. So she had a lot of skills of like managing yeah, organization, managing a lot of moving parts. And she came to the interview with like re having already researched Lisbon and like podcast platforms. And so even though she didn't come technically with the exact skills that we were asking for, for that position, her character and ethics showed through in the work that she did beforehand. Um, and just like the way that she communicated herself, her values, the mission that she, like, she talked about like how much she loved the heart and what we were doing. And so like, again, that might seem like too fancy if this is like your first hire and you're just outsourcing to an independent contractor, like a VA for your like small business. However, when you're doing an interview, like pay attention to their character much more than like the skills that they bring to the table. Yes. Yeah. A couple things that I want to throw out in where to find people. Lindsay kind of mentioned like locally ask around, but I would even say virtually ask around. Oh yeah. Like ask everyone that you know, DM that, that girl that you've mutually been following with, you know, you guys follow back and forth and like each other's stuff here and there, like DM her and be like, Hey, have you found a really good social media manager? Or do you know a good bookkeeper? Like ask people. The other thing I would say is get in Facebook groups. There's all sorts of creative Facebook groups. The Heart and Hustle Um, Facebook group is a great one. Yep. (laughs) Heart and Hustle is a great one. Ask around. There's lots of industry um, experts and and just incredibly talented human beings who listen to this podcast who are in that group. So if you need to find someone, go in there. If you want to list your own services, go in there. Um, It's just a great place for connection. Um, And then also just local like Facebook groups as well. Like even things like I know for me, there's, there's local Facebook groups that I found in Ohio of like Columbus creatives or something like that. Like there's, there are Facebook groups, I guarantee. And you can even, whether or not they have the people that you're directly wanting to hire, or they know somebody that are like, Oh my gosh, yes, I've worked with so-and-so and they're absolutely incredible. Um, so those personal referrals are huge. And then I just, everything that Lindsay said, as far as like what to look out for, I think character over skill every single day of the week. Oh, you just summarized that so much better. Character and skill are the two words that I could just not get. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you said those. I probably did, but it took me a while to get there. <laughs> well, anyways, that's that's what I would say to all of that. 
Calling all entrepreneurs. If you are ready for a business boost in 2023, if you're tired of feeling alone or struggling to figure this entrepreneur thing out by yourself, then fabulous, we have your solution. We are hosting our second in-person business conference in Dallas, Texas from October 10th through 12th, 2023. And let me just say that this is not your traditional boring corporate conference either. Like, do you know, Evie and I? Yes, the Heart Conference is a place for creative business owners and dreamers of all kinds to come together, experience community, learn business and marketing strategies that will help you grow and scale your business, all while having the best freaking time of your life. Get ready to be empowered in your business and life so you can go out and break down every barrier that is holding you back from achieving your goals. Our speaker lineup includes Lorianne Kuntz, Natalie Frank, Shay Cochran, Jai Long, Lindsay, and myself. And our keynote speaker is Amy freaking Borderfield. Just, I'm just going to pause to have our collective jaws drop for that moment. Okay. Basically, are you ready to explode your business and build community in just three days? Because that is what this event will be. It is time to learn some hardcore marketing and sales strategies that will grow your business beyond what you could have ever imagined. Get paid to do what you love, speak with the heart of your ideal client, nip that feeling of loneliness in the bud, and connect with a community of like-minded entrepreneur besties. Receive over 12 hours of hardcore business education, dance your pants off at our heart dance party, and listen to seven industry leaders teach you everything they know. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. That took a lot to say. It's just three days, but it's going to be packed full of so much goodness. Yes, if you are ready to give your business a jumpstart in 2023 and lead in your business empowered, then come join us at the Heart Conference. You can find out more at theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. If you are loving what you're hearing on today's episode, then we wanted to share something else you might love, The Heart Shop. It's our digital resource online shop for creative entrepreneurs. The Heart Shop is your one-stop shop for all of our online courses, luxury website templates, PDF guides, social media graphic templates, and illustrations. If you've been at your wit's end with your website design and you don't know where the heck to create a high-quality pricing or welcome guide to give your clients an incredible branded first impression, ooh, we got you. (laughs) We created The Heart Shop to serve you with the best tools and resources you need to successfully run your business. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and start browsing the goods. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and we'll see you there. All right. Next question comes from Monica. She says, how many times should I follow up after sending a pricing guide if they aren't responding? Yes. Mm. Juicy. I feel like this is pretty easy. It's short. I feel like it's two. Two. If they're, if they never respond to. Yes. So like, okay, someone inquires with you, you send your inquiry response email with a pricing guide. Great. They don't respond. I I usually like five days to a week later, send a follow-up email. No, no. I'm just smirking because I'm like, there's this, there's some depth to this answer of if your inquiry response email isn't good or your pricing guide isn't good or anything like that, yeah. you might, that's Which might we have be why past, you're getting ghosted. We have past episodes on So that. I was smirking because we literally just, listened to episode number 330 or episode 289. 330 is about your inquiry response. 289 is about your pricing guide. So make sure those are solid. Yes. And then... And then... And then <laughs> Once you've sent your email with your pricing guide five days to a week later, I mean, you could do it earlier than that, but I don't want to be like, I don't want to hound people. Also, if you use HoneyBook or a CRM that tells you when people read it, yeah, that also, that affects my answer. Just say, okay, hold on. They've read it. (laughs) If I know they've read it five days to a week later, I will send a follow-up email. If they've read that Mm -hmm. and about five days more, I will send a magic email. Yes. Um, The magic email to 
be very, very succinct. succinctly is basically just like, Hey, I saw that you haven't responded. I'm going to formally close this inquiry. Wishing you all the best. Yeah. There, there's more to it than that, but that's basically the gist of it. And that, so those would be two emails. The only time that that would differ is if they've responded to my initial inquiry and we've kind of done a back and forth situation because we've been talking, but they haven't like booked yet because of like, I can't tell you the amount of times people would probably relate to this of like someone reaches out for especially a wedding and they want me, but then they're not ready to book. They're like still figuring out details. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I just got engaged. I just knew I wanted you. And I'm like, okay, well that's cute. But like, that's great. (laughs) But book me. (laughs) Right. But then you get caught into this like game of cat and mouse where it's like, it's like, okay, well, how many times should I follow up to remind them? Hey, I'm still like waiting in that scenario. Obviously it gets a little messy and it gets also a little custom depending on the situation. It wouldn't be just like a quick follow-up. Like I would, I wouldn't ever probably send the magic email in that regard because again, they've responded to me, but I would send multiple follow-up emails, giving them obviously ample time. And especially taking into consideration, like the, the circumstances, if they just got engaged or or what, for whatever reason, and they said, Hey, like we're finishing up grad school in the next two months or, or whatever, then I, I would just take that into consideration and make a note in my workflow of like, okay, follow up in a month mm-hmm. or something like that. When you are doing that and like they've expressed interest, but they haven't booked yet, I would just be forth forthcoming with your boundaries or, or of your reminders of saying, Hey, uh, just a reminder, this date is not booked in my calendar until a signed contract and a retainer that's non-refundable is put down. Yeah. So again, just having that language, because again, that's like, what's going to what really sucks is that they don't have a date and then it's just free for all. And then I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> well, but I feel like even still, you can say like uh, my availability, like you yeah, can say I'm something. booking up consistently yeah. or I'm be continually like, booking. My capacity is, is significantly decreasing as I'm booking more. Yeah. Like I, and if, it's like, if you want me as your photographer, this yeah. is the way to do it. Yeah. So anyways, the short answer, Monica is two emails for if somebody has not responded to your pricing guide. Yes. Because that's, that's, to be fair, that's what she said if they aren't responding. Well, yeah. She said how many times after I send a pricing guide, which I would assume means that there's no response. Yes. All right. <laughs> Next question is from Natasha who said, what is the biggest thing each of you has learned from the other? Oh, that one's... That's cute. It's cute and it's tough because I feel like I've learned so much. Yeah, I know. Because I feel like we each bring something totally different. We intentionally, to go back to the question of scripting. Yeah, I know. We didn't, we didn't bullet point this mainly because I was like, I don't want to give it away. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know what yours is. I don't, well, I had, a, I had many things. I was going to say, I was like trying to buy. I know. I was trying to think of which one to really. Okay. Did she say first? one? Did she say one? What What's is the biggest, biggest thing you each Lord almighty. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like how to, how to, I, okay. Cause there is, there's like a bunch of little things, not little, but like, there's like a bunch of things marinating it. This is hard. Natasha, this is also sweet that we're face-to-face because I'm like, I'm probably going to cry. I'm just kidding. I'm not, but I might. Yeah, we are. We are <laughs> recording this in person. We're like two feet away from each other, staring into each other's eyes. Well, we freaking move to Florida so we can do this <laughs> hey, always. I'm working on it. Okay. Your freaking hurricane weather just screwed all our plans. I know. I know. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's say that. What is the biggest thing each of you has learned from the other? I think for me, it is... Uh, I feel like I'm just going to say multiple things because... It's, I just can't follow the <laughs> prompt. Um, I think for me, it is the love you have for the Lord. Aww. Like, like just on freaking fire passion. That sounds weird, but like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like your, your heart for the Lord, your continual pursuing 
Ent. That's pursuit. Pursuit. Pursual. Thank you. (laughs) Pursual of the Lord and his heart and just like honoring him in every single thing that you do. That's probably the biggest one. Now that I'm saying that, like there's other things, but like that's probably the biggest. I would say, yeah, is is just like the continual pursual of his heart and like applying just like, not even applying. I'm trying to like articulate. This is such a, a lofty thing. Like it's, I'm trying to articulate it in a way that makes sense, but like you hunger and seek after the Lord with every single thing you do and you, your life literally in all that you do just like literally like reflects the Lord's glory and goodness and heart for everybody. Okay. Well, I, I didn't cry, but I'm not kidding. I she, had to intentionally, she, her like, eyes teared blink. up. I was looking her straight in the face. I had to like blink <laughs> to be like, not the moment. And then, well, and then I would say, oh, sorry. I'm gonna, <laughs> and then I would also say, I feel like you do a really good job of like prioritizing life Aww. in the sense of like not making sure that business doesn't overrun life. Oh, if that makes sense. That's sweet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's really that. good. I love both of those. <laughs> well, that makes me really happy. Okay. Well, oh gosh. I feel like the, the number one thing that always comes to my mind whenever I think of like one of my biggest takeaways in relationship with you is just how little you care about other people's opinions of you. Like it's like you literally just don't give a dang. You don't think from the perspective of how will this be perceived or how will people view me or how will people think you think in the perspective aligned with like your values. You're like how, which sometimes gets me in trouble. It's true. That's one that makes me a little spicy. I would say that's probably your biggest strength and also one of your biggest kryptonite weaknesses. (laughs) Yeah. But really, I feel like too many many people's kryptonite weakness is that they care far too much about what people think. It's true. But I I feel like that's like one of the things that like being friends with you has, which I didn't even realize that there was any sort of like, like fear of man or like Mm -hmm. anything in relation, like I wouldn't have said, oh yeah, I have fear of man. Right. But being friends with you has broken off so much in me of like, like caring in a bad way. Right. Like, I, like, I don't even know practical examples of just like, I don't know what people, if people think I'm stupid, if I don't wear makeup and people are like, oh my gosh, she has acne or like whatever. It's like, you don't care. And it's that freedom that you live in is contagious. And other people, like literally other people, like get transformed in their life by the freedom that you live in. Okay. And I, I have personally been deeply impacted by that because all you care about is the Lord and what he's called you to. Well, that's beautiful. So I would say that's my number one. And then there's a million others, like your joy, the way that you approach like everything from the perspective of like, let's have fun, but then you can also get really down to business. It's not my love for Taylor Swift. Nah, <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> Probably the lowest on my tune of <laughs> Wait, wait, has this episode gone out? Yeah, oh yeah, it has. <laughs> does, does the world know that we went to Taylor Swift together? Well, did we? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did, we did, we did. Okay, maybe. We did, maybe. And you pissed everyone she off. She dragged me there. Okay, anyways. Okay, that's, yeah. That was so beautiful. There's like a million others, but I feel like whenever that question is asked of me, like, what's, what's Lindsay's? like the biggest thing you admire about Lindsay or something that like has deeply impacted you. It's always that. Wow. All right. That's okay. No, that's so beautiful. (laughs) Next question. Last question is from Anna Grace kind of pivoting back into the business side of things is, do you think 
the long blog style captions on Instagram are out. I feel like all the big creators have resorted back to short and simple captions. I want to know your take. Hot take. This is a good like... This is a good one because especially I think we like there, there has been people through all the history of Instagram that always did short witty captions and never did yeah. in-depth long novels. blog style yeah, novels. However, we were not those people. We definitely were and still are at times like the people that, that go deep yes. with our thoughts and, and blog and we have seen success and, and have taught that in the yeah. past. So I, I would say, I don't think it's fully out but I, I do think it's smart to look at the landscape of Instagram and understand that it has changed. I think with mostly the introduction of reels and like TikTok, like yeah. just like short form video type of content has changed it. Because I think when it's, when content that is doing well on Instagram is short and witty or like funny or relatable, that, that to me doesn't always match with a a long thought out caption. Well, I think even if it's more than that, the reality is think from the, like the tangible practical side of reels. When you're watching a reel and you're reading the caption on that reel, most of the time you have to click like the read more at the very bottom. Uh So your text goes over the video, which means that it's very hard to read a very long caption because unless you're on someone's feed. Exactly. So I think that's a big part of why a lot of people, especially when it comes to reels are resorting to much smaller captions is because the effort it takes for somebody to be able to decipher longer captions in a real format like that yeah. is it can be very complicated. So especially because on reels, you can't pause them the way that you can like, like press and pause the way that you can, you can like just a TikTok. Yes. You mute it or you can press and hold to pause and read text on the screen. But on TikTok, you could like intentionally like pause it on like a dark background or something. Well, but I don't think TikTok ever got off on long captions. No. I think that's actually, I think the character is limited. Yes, it is. But I think that's the point, I think, of why a lot of people are changing their captions, especially on Reels, is because the difficulty level within the actual Reels, like user uh, behavior, yeah. is does not is not conducive to longer captions. It's a reading and sitting there. Well, and trying al- to decipher Also, it because well. you can put text in a Reel, like on sometimes the you can that can be captioned enough or like you can get the point across enough. I think the the point when it would be a longer educational piece is if, if the reel is sharing like a tip that Mm -hmm. you expand on in the caption or like a hook that then you expand on in the caption or like a a pointing, like here's three things to think about or or whatever. And then you expand on all those in the caption. Yeah. Or I think even like sharing like more backstory, like personal story. Like there's, there's times I don't want to say like never put a longer caption in a reel. However, I think that has been a big factor in changing the length of captions in general across Instagram. That's why you're seeing a lot more shorter captions. Well, cause I guess her question wasn't even real specific. It was just blog style captions in Instagram as a whole. I feel like, so with that being said, I want to give a personal granted. I am not posting like every single day, the way that I used to, but I have still seen my static photos mm-hmm. with long form captions performing extremely well on Instagram. But I will say, I wonder if that's also a you thing because in the I've sense of like my audience you've conditioned it. your audience yeah. over the years and you were, you've always been known to do that. Yeah. I mean, same with me. Like I, like I use that on static posts, especially for in-depth like analysis. Uh-huh. That sounded, no, <laughs> in-depth analysis, like vulnerable sure. stories <laughs> and like, really sharing a, a lesson that I learned or, yeah. or something like that in those moments. Whereas a real, I'm a lot more inclined now to do like a short little yes. one-liner or not even a one-liner, but just like something short. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think, I guess the, the long story short is I don't think it's as critical on Instagram now to have that depth in every single piece of content that you mm-hmm. post, like to use all of the the real estate that Instagram gives you for content. But I think there's the same reasons that we believe in longer form captions is still valuable today. Yes. Of well, giving like, that value, building I think that connection. Value is the point I want to get across because yes. the entire reason that we even taught in the past or why it was a thing in the past to write captions that actually mattered is because people were posting like aesthetic photos of their latte and it just had like a light, like it had no impact. It had no reason for someone to care or like or engage with that post. And so if it's just a photo, a photo can only get you to care so much. And so a reason to bring to the app that would cause somebody to have an emotional attachment to you or your business or or whatever, what you do is in the caption. But now with reels, you just have a little bit more freedom and creativity to get people to care more, whether it's entertainment, whether it's an emotional story or just like the video itself and the text that you write on the video can give that value without having to rely then on the caption. Yes. Like you had to in the past with just a photo. Yep. And stories too. Yeah. I think there's, there's the dual purpose. So the long story short, Anna Grace is I would not swing your pendulum entirely one way or another. Yeah. I would not go entirely to short form captions and I would also not swing it all the way to every single thing you post has a novel with it. Um, I would just experiment, see what people are performing, like enjoying the most, um, do a bunch of different combinations and just see. And then at the end of the day, this might sound crazy, but do what you love mm-hmm. and screw what everyone else thinks. <laughs> screw hey. what the experts are saying. No. If you love sharing your heart on Instagram and doing longer form captions, then you do you because that joy and that enjoyment that you get from your personal page on Instagram, people will be drawn to, they will feel, and it will then turn into a much more authentic experience and much better results for you. It's contagious. Yes. And it will, that's going to translate more to people enjoying your content more, therefore engaging with it more than it will if you were doing something that isn't authentic or feels like work, but you're technically following the quote unquote algorithm rules. Like the formulas. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. That is all for today. That is the last of our questions. Friend, we love when you submit questions, if you want to be able to uh, send us questions for future Q&A episodes, be sure to be a part of our Heart and Hustle Facebook group. That's typically where we pull for those. In the meantime, we, we love you and we will see you next week on our next episode.